Friday, the weekend is here, and what a weekend it will be. Great college basketball slate on Saturday. It's the Sleepers Podcast. Carter Elliott's in the building. Uh, I'm Greg Waddell, and guess what? You don't see Riley Davis on your screen right now. Riley Davis is questionable to join the show today, even as the show has started. That's where we're at. A uh, little bit of, a, I don't want to say miscommunication, just, uh, you know, he's got plans going on. He doesn't know if he can fit us in, so we're leaving the door open. But we are prepared if he doesn't attend the show, Carter. I rather not lie to our listeners, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna give the real background of the real story. Um, for those of you who do know Bluffs, you know he's an avid country club goer. You know that's that's kind of his vibe. Um, there was a miscommunication on the Christmas party potluck that's happening this weekend, which left them without like a couple appetizers and one of the main dishes. So, like, they're really scrambling right now. And as you know, Riley's really aggressive and active on the board there. So, he's cleaning up that mess. We understand you don't want a Christmas country club potluck without a dish. That's mm-hmm. catastrophic. So, we're letting him handle his business. His priorities are in line. That's why we love him. Yeah, there's not going to be an appetizer mistake at a Christmas potluck in the Carolinas without bluffs answering. So, uh, he's answering the call. We appreciate that. We respect that. We support that. Hopefully, he's ready to join the show at some point later in the show. Uh, we have a, a lot of comments to get to today. Shout out to the Discord for bringing the heat on a Friday. We will get to all of these, and then hopefully that buys Riley enough time to join once the apps are made. Um, but first, Cart, a couple things off the top I feel like maybe are overdue that maybe we could do. Tweeted out an accolade this morning. It's been a while since we've had an accolade. Would you like to respond to the accolade? Yeah, uh, the Sleepers Media YouTube channel has officially gone over a million views in its lifetime. Clap it up for Sleepers one time. I mean, just any anytime you're hitting a million in anything, you got to take a minute, just, just take a step back and revel in it, I think. Great accomplishment. Obviously, cliches. Definitely couldn't have done it without y'all. We appreciate everyone who's been watching. and Just keep on watching with us. Stay low and build. Yeah, we absolutely could not have done it without the watchers, the listeners. So thank you, everybody's support. But also, let's be honest, Carter, we also could not have done it without ourselves. So uh, credit to us for our role in this. That's pretty impressive to me. Do you think that you've ever done a million of anything else in your life? Have I ever done a million of anything else? Mm, I probably have had a million like grains of rice in my life. That seems like a lot of grains of rice, man. Like, just I mean, think yeah. about that. Like, th- we've lived, I've lived roughly 11,000 days in my life. Like, that's that's so far off of a million. So I'm I'm looking at. You've only lived 11,000 days? Yeah, 365 times 30 is 11,000-ish. Like, that's, uh, so 11,000, hold on, let's do a million divided by 11,000. So you're looking at something you would need to do 90 times a day in your life since you were born to do something a million times. It's a lot of times. Pretty impressive. Also has me workshopping the fact that people need to retire the phase. This year went by quick. Like, yeah, it went by quick. 365 is really not that long. No, it's not a lot of days. Certainly a lot, of days. certainly a lot less than a million. Not a math podcast, though. How many times do you think you've shot a basketball in your life? Like shot attempts, career on your life. Just, in, I mean, that's got to be a lot between games, just hooping in general, runs, 
right. walking, walking by a hoop, getting a shot up. That might be the thing I think I'm closest to a million at. Like you think? You think? Probably, yeah. Probably. There's got to be something else. We're gonna, we're gonna come back with something else that's better than that. I don't know, unless it's like bites taken of food. What about breaths? Breaths taken? Yeah. I don't breathe a lot. What? I don't breathe a lot. What do you mean? You breathe every like second? Yeah. Like it's, I, I kind of more, I operate in like a stasis. You know, like a, a breath for me lasts me about 10 minutes. A breath for a normal person is like 10 seconds. So you have a bad respiratory retention. You could say. I, I like to think it's more good respiratory stamina. But anyways, uh, yeah, one million. That's really cool. That's great. Uh, thing number two that we should address off the top. I have a little bit of an ailment right now, Cart. Yeah, I have an ailment. I woke up this morning and I have a little bit of a like a cut in my throat. Now, I know I've come on here before and I've said sickness is mental. You got to power through. I still believe that. But I would not term this as like a sickness. This isn't a case of the sniffles. This is an injury. I have a throat injury that I'm coming to the show with today. And I don't know if it's going to affect my voice or not, but it hurts. It hurts right now. Well, do you think it's something like you ate or drank or like what did a did a spider crawl on your throat when you were sleeping? I don't like, know. I just woke up feeling like I had like a on one side of my throat, like a really scratchy throat. That kind of was irritated. And then I just like looked in the mirror finally after an hour of just like, that's annoying. And uh, yeah, there's definitely like a little bit of a throat laceration, I would say. Just a little cut in the back of my throat. So I don't know what happened. It happened overnight though, because I didn't have it when I went to sleep and I woke up. It's there. You got, do you guys have a, a camera in your room or anything like that? Like, oh, I know yeah. Got- oh, yeah. The Furbo. Yeah. Might want to run that back. Check the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Like, be careful. Like you were, you and, you and Mal were good yesterday, right? <laughs> that's crazy uh i feel like i had a third thing off the top of the show um do we have anything else to announce oh yeah we kind of have kind of have some changes to the podcast coming should probably speak to those should oh, i speak yeah. to those yeah 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 Yeah, i'll speak to those so we uh we've entered a new partnership with the believe network we are big fans of these guys. These guys approached us. If you haven't heard of Believe, you can look them up. But uh, they have a pretty large Twitter following. They have a lot of really talented podcasts and shows and talent that they work with in the sports industry. Um, they approached us, basically said they liked what we were doing. We got on a phone call with them. The way they work is they have uh, an agency that helps sell advertisements on shows. So if you've listened to us for a long time, you know we have not had real advertisements essentially ever. Uh, The whole Bigby thing is hilarious and probably will still continue because I like one big thing presented by Bigby. Bigby's not giving us shit to present our show by Bigby. So it's about time. You know, you cross the million threshold cart. They say that people want to start actually working with you and helping you make a little money off what you do. So uh, starting really today, today's the first day we're going to try out the new workflow. Uh, You may hear some advertisements on the audio versions of our show. There is the potential that in the future, in the video versions of the game recaps and previews that we're doing, you may also hear some advertisements worked in. But uh, shout out to Believe because they are exactly what we needed at this point in our organization's uh, rise to what we're trying to build. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I don't know what these ads are going to be, though. I'm kind of like kind of antsy to listen to an episode and hear what the ads are. There might be something special 
of like hearing me go off about how Xavier Booker needs to play. And then the ad after that being like 15% off your first feet finder account. Like it could be really good. It might be something special. Yeah, it could be really good. And on that note, uh, it would be my pleasure to welcome in uh, a sleepers friend of the show, the one and only Riley Davis, AKA bluffs. Uh, Riley, did you take care of the Christmas potluck appetizers? What should I miss? <laughs> well, you, well, you. That's the reason you're late. You had that situation because you're on the board at at the country club for the Christmas party. <sighs> should have ex- should have expected some slander as soon no, as I walk in. It's Come on, simple, we... it's a simple mistake. Someone signed up twice for a main dish and an appetizer was left unchecked, so you had to go handle that. Hey, let me tell you, I have been throwing down in the kitchen this week for some appetizers for Christmas parties, but not through the country club. There you go. I, <laughs> I mean, don't have money like that. I mean, you can't make it up, though. I mean, that's just, you can't. Can we officially get Riley Davis's stance on country clubs? Let's see. My official stance, uh, again, my bluffs upbringing. I did not grow up as a member of a country club, but I did grow up with plenty of friends, plenty of buddies, if you will, Carter, who are <laughs> members of country clubs. So I've spent a good amount of time at country clubs in my life, yes. But I don't think that's ever in my future to be a member of one. Oh, poor Theo. He's just not going to know that life. <laughs> you, you hate to see it. Uh, hey, Bluffs, thanks for being on the show. Riley Davis, the one and only from Heat Check CBB. He's been helping us with the recaps and previews on the channel as well. And uh, two weeks off from Riley Friday leading into this performance. We're very excited about uh, Riley, just to tell you where we're at, we had a bunch of announcements to make at the top of the show. We just finished those. We have a good amount of comments from the Discord right now, so let's fly through all these comments as quick as we can in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, let's go back to the one sentence, one to two sentences max rule with these comments. So kicking us off today, we have Tristan Freeman, who says, how many teams in college basketball could Kenny Payne take to the NCAA tournament? I think it's maybe 15 max. Could he take a team like Illinois, Kentucky, or Gonzaga dancing? Riley, what do you think? Dude, I'd give him maybe. I think he could get Kentucky there. Um, I think you need both a talented roster and a blue blood bump. Like a team like Kentucky, like Duke, like North Carolina, like Kansas – I'm not even throwing Villanova in there because we saw what happened last year. Like you have to, if you're a, you have to at least be bubble good to get that blue bump, blue blood bump. And he needs a talented roster and that bump to get there. Cause like, I think his ceiling as a coach is capped at like 19 wins. If you gave him like one of the best rosters, cause he's, he doesn't get his guys to play hard. He doesn't get them to like play as a cohesive unit and like Sky Clark, Trey White, two objectively talented players, those two guys alone as your, I guess your option 1A, 1B should at least get you what, like 15 wins in a week ACC? You should be, you shouldn't be losing by games at least. But yeah, so I, I think there's maybe like three to five teams he could get to the tournament. I think there's no teams. <laughs> Straight up. I, I mean, sometimes like you just got to take a step back and be like, you're not that guy and you ain't got it. And that's all right. You know, maybe, maybe being on that second or third chair is just where, where he needs to be. Maybe Coach Cal will take him back. But You don't think he's getting Purdue to the tournament? Like, if he's coaching Zach Eady in this Big Ten, that team's not making the NCAA tournament? No. No, they're not. <laughs> I don't know about that. Wait, you can make the NCAA tournament or win it? Make it. Make it. Oh, okay. Make it, like, six to eight teams, probably. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, that feels right to me. Um, can, can, of the ones that Tristan said, I think Kentucky would make the tournament with Kenny Payne. I think Gonzaga would miss the tournament with Kenny Payne. Illinois, I don't know. That's a toss-up. I'm just glad we don't get to see that. We get to see Daddy Brad instead. Tristan also says, for Carter, as a basketball player, which period of time was the most difficult or for you to emotionally get up before a game? A, finals week, B, before holiday break, C, the game that came before the biggest matchup of the season, or D, give another answer if none of these apply. Uh, I think I will go with the D, none of these apply. For me, it was the actual winter break games, not the finals week games, but the winter break games. So there's no students on campus, and obviously I played at a smaller school. So like when there was no students, you got like a couple people from the town of Albion coming to watch the games. And it was like empty gyms. You were the only people on campus. It was that was definitely the harder of the two games. Finals week didn't really bother me because I was locked in on what's important. And it wasn't finals. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. on. Uh, Do you did you ever sign an autograph in your playing career, Carter? I actually did. Yeah. I did. (laughs) It was for we actually had elementary school down the street. And we had like mentors and we'd go there like two times a week and we would just like play games with them, help with homework, stuff like that. So that might be cheating, but those kids came to the game sometimes. And there's probably some kid out there with a a Carter Elliott sign. I don't even know what it was, a sticky note somewhere. And that might, if he held on to that, might increase in value. Who knows? Yeah, one day. Uh, That reminds me, I was once once in a Spanish band. Like I once made an album of Spanish like a, like a mariachi songs. band no well I was the lead singer of a Spanish band in high school where so I had like three friends of mine that uh we were all failing Spanish class but the teacher loved us because we were just like the class clowns and uh we asked her what what could we do to pass the class basically she was like you need to perform at our big fiesta at the end of the year where we would like invite the families of all the kids that take Spanish and have a bunch of Spanish food, et cetera, to like end the school year. So we were like, okay, like we'll form a band. And if we do this, we pass the class. She was like, yeah. So we had like an actual drummer, two guitarists. And then I played lead singer and we just like covered a bunch of American songs. Like we covered stereo love, which was a hit in 2011, by the way. Uh, But anyway, our band name was called Manos Emi Matakia. We did good enough that someone who was in attendance of this booked us to come play a quinceanera. And then at the quinceanera, we got booked to come to a local elementary school and perform for an hour. So I had like a month as like a, I'm going to go perform for third graders Spanish songs. That's kind of fire. Yeah, that is it was pretty good. Sick. It was good. Uh, okay, moving on. Boom Fizzle says, if Saturday's Arizona-Purdue game ends up being a decisive win – say 12 points or more for either school. How do you think that affects the narrative for each team, win or lose? Cart, what do you got? I think that if well, if it's a 12-point victory and it's like decisive, I think that really makes it like a clear cut. That's the number one team in my eyes. Like if it's a close game, I think you could go either way. It's just two great teams going at it. But if it's decisive, I feel like there's like it's unanimous number one team, no questions asked. I'm not hearing arguments. Riley, uh, I think Boom Fizzle buried the lead, and the more pressing takeaway is how does it affect y'all's pancake intake? <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Oh, 
That's extremely true. It's Forgot extremely about that. true. All right, Fam, uh, who has been waiting, he's been chomping at the bit for Riley to return. He says, Happy Bluffs Friday to all who celebrate. In the spirit of MSU Baylor, I have a hypothetical for the boys. Target range age 25 to 40. Where are we at with guest room etiquette expectations? I know 12 or so people getting together and making a day out of MSU Baylor. If I were to travel to Detroit and stay with a friend who now has a significant other instead of spending roughly $300 on lodging, but the guest room obviously wouldn't be free. What would you guys bring to thank them? Also, how much would you guys let loose boozing knowing you're there for a good time on a weekend, but you don't want to be a liability? Riley, this question is clearly directed at you. I think a great guest room etiquette, there's two options here. Uh, either pay for dinner one night, and if they don't accept that, if it doesn't work out, just bring a six-pack of like a nice beer or something. That's my go-to. Either like, let me take you out to dinner, let me pay for it, or if that doesn't work with your schedule, you're getting a cheaper route, but still something that you will enjoy with a six-pack of craft beer or something. Mm. Yeah, that, that seems like a, a proven, a time-proven test. And I've had a friend, as far as the the letting loose for the weekend, I've had my one of my best friends uh, was in town for a wedding once. I was not invited to this wedding. It was one of his, he played rugby at UNC, rugby guys at Carolina, some of the more, the one of the more wild crowds you'll find. And I knew he was going to be a liability and I just made sure he like took an Uber to and from the wedding and didn't expect me to come pick him up. And he was great with it. Nice. So You don't want to be that friend. Yeah, just make use of Uber and you're good. And make sure they're they're fine with you coming in a little bit late. Get a get an extra key or something. Don't impose on them because of your your rowdy habits. Just take get an extra key, take an Uber, and you'll be good to go. Yeah. I feel like at this stage of our lives, like there are ways to be responsibly irresponsible, but you can't be irresponsibly irresponsible. Mm, That's where you cross the line. Yeah. Carter, any thoughts on this? I'm just having a lot of inner thoughts about myself, how I've been to Greg's house like numerous times, slept in guest room numerous times. I don't think I've ever brought anything or paid for a dinner. (laughs) By me and I got to pick it up. But yeah, I would say dinner, bottle of wine, maybe if you're trying to get in with a significant other, like a nice bottle of wine for that significant other, maybe a nice candle or something. And if you really want to put like a little stamp, like a little get from 38 points to a 40 ball, Strip the sheets after you sleep there. Oh, that's a great call. Great call. Have to strip the sheets. It's a really nice call. Uh, all right. Thank you for the question, fam. Always love your Bluffs Friday questions. Travis Nelson says, why do I feel like if Purdue had the exact same resume right now as Arizona, Greg would call them the, quote, head and shoulders favorite? I don't think you're wrong because there's a few teams that belong in the discussion, but I think you're reaching to doubt Arizona right now. Uh, I think I responded to this a little bit in the comments thread yesterday, but I don't think I would be doing that with with Trav. Look, I like Purdue. Uh, I also think I've been fairly critical about concerns with Purdue. Like after the Northwestern game, I'm like, no, I'm getting PTSD here. Like I, I really trust them in the regular season because they've given us thousands of reasons to trust them in the regular season. I don't know if I'm going to trust them in March yet until I see if Miles Colvin and Cam Heidi are, are are bigger parts of this team and or if Lance Jones and Fletcher Lawyer are playing better. Um, but to me, like, I don't think you can dispute that Purdue has had a much more impressive resume than Arizona thus far, even with the loss, like Arizona is blowing teams out. That's great. They've done that for three straight seasons. Like Arizona blows 
good to average teams out when they run into issues is in conference play when they'll lose a couple they shouldn't lose which every team does just like Purdue did and when they play really really good teams and it gets dicey um this Purdue is the first really really good team we're seeing them play like you're you're not going to sell me on Duke being a great team I know that winning at Cameron is hard but that's not a great basketball team right now. So give them credit. They're undefeated. That's awesome. They're one of the three best teams in the country. But uh, no, I do not think they have like a way better resume than Purdue right now. Riley, is that crazy? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that win at Cameron is carrying a lot of weight for the Arizona resume. I still think this, with this Duke team, I'm think, I think I'm with you that beating Tennessee and Marquette on a neutral is probably, is more impressive. Both are more impressive than beating Duke and Cameron this year. Um, and like, I don't know, they needed a, like, I think Arizona is really good. I think they're the best team in the country, but they still needed some things to break their way in the final minute and a half. I want to say Duke might have even been up like five with two minutes left and sort of fell apart. Um, and again, you credit Tommy Lloyd that, cause I think to pull that out is coaching, you know, and it is having good players who came up with timely plays. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I just like people. I think people are giving Arizona credit as if they're the obvious best team when in reality they're just the undefeated team that has played Duke and Michigan State and Wisconsin instead of Marquette and Alabama. And like if Marquette had played the schedule that Arizona's played and is undefeated, then we're saying they're the runaway number one team. Like they've had a situation that allows them to look like the runaway number one team. If they beat Purdue, then yeah, we have that conversation. Jeff Parks back in the discord. Love Jeff Parks. Love to see him back in the discord says, is there any chance Zach Eady wins national player of the year and defensive player of the year this season? Cart, what do you think? Ooh. For some reason, I feel like there's a really good defender that I'm just like actually leaving out right now. But I think it's possible, but I don't think he ever would actually get it. I, I just don't think they're going to give it to Ed because at the end of the day, they're going to say he's a good defender because he's because he's seven four. Like I think Klingon will have a better chance of getting Defensive Player of the Year over him. Riley, uh, there's definitely a chance just because Purdue's going to be a top three team all year and his block numbers are going to be crazy. I think it'll be a shame. Right now, I would speaking of Arizona, I think Kashad Johnson should be the runaway favorite for defensive player of the year. Like that shout. Like that shout too. Yeah, I think uh in order for Edie to do that, I think Purdue would have to have like metrics that actually say they are the best defense in the country. And then there's an argument, but uh he'll be in the mix for sure. He's an elite defender for sure. I think he wins national player of the year. I don't think he wins defensive player of the year. Coy says, are we selling Duke too early? Fourth to fifth in the ACC seems a bit too low for my tastes. Uh, Riley, thoughts? I'll give Shire a huge credit for how he's changed up the offense the last couple of days. They're using flip as like a playmaking hub, and he's thrived at that. I think he had eight assists against Hofstra. Um, getting good production from Caleb Foster and Jerry McCain around him, playing off of them. So maybe that continues at the same time. I, I think this Duke team is built in a way that they're going to blow out mid-majors, even good mid-majors like Hofstra. And I think, Greg, you might have teased this yesterday. Like Hofstra hung with them for the first 18 minutes of the half like they had a five-point lead with under three minutes to go in the first half um before duke was able to just use their their advantage with athleticism their athletic advantage with skill to run away um i think it'd be tough to see duke finishing lower than fourth i don't think there are four better teams than them in the acc but i i'm still not ready like i know what the kim palm numbers say i know they've risen back up to like top 16 top 15 somewhere in that range but i'm not ready to be like oh yeah they're back after blowout wins over charlotte and hofstra 
Park, quick thoughts? Yeah, they're, they're a top three team in the ACC to me. They're the third, but they're a top three team in the ACC. Okay. I uh, I think Virginia or Clemson wins this league. I think North Carolina finishes clearly ahead of Duke. If, if, Virginia, if Virginia wins the ACC this year, we're, we're going to have, have to have some conversations. Yeah, we are. You let you let Isaac McNeely, Reese Beekman, and Ryan Dunn come in and take your Atlantic Coast Conference in front of your face. Hey, man. Sitting out here 24th on Ken Palm, 8-1, and one, ahead of Clemson. Like, eh, nobody talking about him. Give me the best coach in the conference. That's where I'm at with it right now. A uh, couple more quick ones. Dat Boy from Illinois with a fun one. Who wins a hypothetical matchup? Five Zach Edies or five Tyson Walkers? Card, does, does your Tyson Walkers have a chance here? No, I think it'd be five Zach Edies. In an up and down, like, full, obviously a full court game. I think there's a chance the Walkers could win. But, like, I mean, Edie's going to score two every single possession that he doesn't get stolen. And can't you just leave one? If it's full court, leave one Edie not even back on defense, get the rebound, throw it all the way down to the other Edie, dunk every time. The thing would just be, could Tyson make enough threes to combat this, right? Like, he would need to shoot 67% from three to combat it. Which he could. Wide open shots, probably. Not this year. I don't know. Riley, who wins? Pick one. Edie's. Edie's, okay. I'm, weirdly, I'm talking myself into the walkers. I don't know. Malik Perry, with our final comment today, says, uh, since Draymond Green has some free time, maybe he should come to East Lansing and give the team some hands, some hands-on learning to toughen them up. Carter, do you like that plan? Just what our team needs to get the paws put on them. Listen, I want to give Malik credit. He's a visionary. He's been saying for two weeks now the way to fix A.J. Hogarth is someone needs to rough him up. And now here comes <laughs> Michigan State's savior, Draymond Green, program legend. Uh, honestly, we need to just organize. Actually, <laughs> we don't need to organize this. But how much of Michigan State's issues, Cart, are that they do the Spartan Dog Toughness Week and it's just Draymond Green and Miles Bridges coming back every year? You know, I don't want to put too much into that because I feel like that's one of our biggest recruiting tools, honestly. Like, guys come to that and they commit to Michigan State. The last thing I'll say on this, and I hope Draymond gets better and does what he needs to do, but why is the narrative surrounded? Like, they caught him in the bathroom, like, doing crack or something. Like, he just he just has a couple of anger issues. He just smacked you some Nurkic. They're, like, trying to lock him away in solitary confinement. I don't understand. I, can I use that same logic applied to my head coach then? Like, why are we acting like it's a big deal? You just hit someone. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. If they, if that's the standard, we'll go with it. Uh, but, yeah, I do, like, the the concept, like, I hope Draymond gets better is a crazy statement to me. Like, no, just stop hitting people. Like, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> it also to got to stop hitting people. Yeah, just that's It honestly reminds me a little bit of the spin on when Grayson Allen tripped, like, three people. I think it was after like his final incident, his, it might even happen a senior year where they were, it immediately like the puff pieces started coming out that were like, he has a bigger issue here. He just can't help himself to trip people. <laughs> yeah. Like, just don't do it. I don't, I don't get it. It's not like a, it's not a huge character flaw. It's just you're an idiot. Um, all right. Uh, thank you to the discord. That was a great day of comments uh, to Riley Davis and his topics. He did say via text last night that when he shows up late to an episode, he brings the heat with topics. So I'm excited for this. Riley, what do you got first? All right. Topic number one. Uh, I'm excited for this one. 
We have the most loaded slate of the weekend this year. Uh, I'm including games both tonight, that UConn-Gonzaga game, and tomorrow. I want to do a draft where we each build a team from players playing in these six games, and there's a seven bonus game if you really want to choose somebody from it. Um, maybe we can get Guy to make a little graphic of our teams and have people vote on whose team turned out the best. Love it. So here are the eligible games. So all players from these games are eligible for the draft. UConn-Gonzaga. Purdue, Arizona, UNC, Kentucky, Houston, Texas A&M, Alabama, Creighton, Clemson, Memphis. And I threw a little bonus seven game in there. This is for you, Card. I don't think you're going to take anybody from this game, but Michigan State, Baylor, if you're really dying to take Carson Cooper, or maybe Xavier Booker, maybe the, the change of scenery Xavier Booker needs is on one of our teams. Those are the parameters. Might be my first pick. <laughs> this slate is so good. I'm so excited for this. All right, Riley, who uh who has the first pick? How does the draft work? Give us uh give us the rules. Uh, we'll do a snake draft, and I'm gonna give the first pick to Carter. Okay. Are uh, we doing five players? Is that like we're getting a five player team? Yeah, let's do a five man team each. All right, Cart. Give me national player of the year. I'm taking Zach Eady. Good pick. And, all right. Who do you want second second pick? Who gets second pick? Yeah, mm -hmm. choose choose your favorite Caucasian. Choose your own adventure. Tough. Uh, I'm gonna go, Greg. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Terrence Shannon's not playing in this game. He would have been my pick. Uh, like all the actual second best players in the country aren't playing in this game. Like, is Caleb Love a reach at two right now? You know what? Give me a. Uh, I take the guy I think is the best point guard in action. I'm taking Tristan Newton. Ah, that was going to be my pick. Yeah. yeah, I'm upset. Kansas, Indiana's not in the games, right? No, I didn't okay. include them. Indiana's too bad. All right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who's your fans? Okay, let's go. Hmm. Slight homer pick, RJ Davis. Give me him at number three. It's a reach at three. You that is got, not a reach. You could have got him with the last pick, my brother. Um, let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, snake draft. Snake draft. Sorry. Snake draft. In Carter's defense, I don't think he knows what a snake draft is. <laughs> Riley's pick. It's Riley's back on the clock. Gosh, I don't know who I want with the second pick. Me getting the first pick sucks. Um, let me. There's one. All right, I'm taking PJ Hall. Ugh. I'm starting. What the? What is this team, right? Is it going to be all ACC? I, I, did, you I didn't think he was. I didn't think he'd make it. Okay, fine. Well, I guess I already made my pick. Can no, I go back on no, that? No, 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 no. Pick. Fine. I'm stuck is, with PJ Hall. Laid is a pick late. Played laid, my friend. Are we uh? Like at the end of this, are we saying like whose team would win if they played head to head? Is that how we're evaluating this? Yes. Okay. I'm really tempted to just pick UConn's entire team and say, like, I get Dan Hurley with them and, like, we're just a cohesive unit. Good luck. <laughs> like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm not going to do that, though. I'm going to take – I think there's one guy – I think there's one guy that's one of one on the board right now, and Riley already mentioned his name earlier in the episode, but I think Kashad Johnson is the most versatile, unique player on the board. So give me Johnson. What a crush that one be my pick. All right. Um, 
I'm going to go. I get two picks right now, right? You do. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Alex Caravan, actually. Give me Caravan as my four. <laughs> this draft's getting wild. I and love then, this exercise. Caravan's then, sixth overall out of all these teases. <laughs> okay, I considered taking Caravan. I thought I was going to get Clown, so I took P.J. Hall. And it didn't I, make wanted Kashad, I wanted Kashad Johnson. Fellas, we could do that exact same second round over again a thousand times. It would never go P.J. Hall, Kashad Johnson, Alex Caravan again. That's insane. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. All right, and then my next pick, I am going to go Kobe Walter. Ah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good pick. Try, I was going to try pick. and sneak him in. Um, ha, 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 ha. Riley, what's your team again right now? You have P.J. Hall and R.J. Davis? Yeah. You you have Tristan Newton and Kashad Johnson. I think I got the early lead right now. I'm so torn. Uh, Riley's going to take one of the two guys that I'm debating right now, and I don't want him to get either. Focus on your team. I know. Thank you, Cart. No, this is how I this is how I win these games, Cart. You know this. Um, I, I know all too well. But you know what? I got a roster aside. This is a guy I think Riley would consider, and I think this is a guy that is the best player on the board when he plays his best. Give me Braden Smith from Purdue. Braden and Tristan, huh? Yeah, I, so I like having two guards in the same backcourt that are both capable of a triple-double any given night. Okay. I like that. I'm going to take Rob Dillingham next. Whoa! Might be a slight reach, but I get two picks in a row. I don't think he's making making it back to me, and Dillingham can hoop. So I think a Dillingham-RJ Davis backcourt would be electric. Uh, I'm going to – and then after that – oh, maybe I need to think about this for a second. Is there anybody from UConn? Hmm. Surprisingly, Trey Alexander's still on the board. Mr. One for 16. I know. I can't I can't take him. I can't take him right now. I also didn't know that Creighton Bamble was in available games just now. There's a couple toughness imposters on the board right now. I think I'm taking Cam Spencer. And just loading up on the shooting and dealing with hoping PJ Hall can clean clean up the defense. All right. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, so I'm in between two players. And uh Cart, what's your team again? I got right now I got Zach Eady, Alex Caraban, and Jacoby Walter. So it seems like you need some guards. Well, who knows? Kobe Walter is a guard. I'm really torn on this. I'm going to let you get your boy, and I'm going to take Reed Shepard. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. I was very much considering that. All right. I'm going to go. Can I just pause for a second and say uh, Greg is assembling a a, a... (laughs) – He's got Tristan, he's got Braden, and he's got Reed. That sounds like the <laughs> that sounds like a pledge class of uh Kai Sai at UNC. No comment. I mean, that's, a, I mean, that's a pretty good point to me. I was also gonna say that Riley's <laughs> assembling a all ACC honor roll level team. Um let's see. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go Kylan Boswell. I'm gonna go Kylan Boswell. So I got Kylan Boswell, Jacoby Walter, 
Caravan and Edie. For my three man, mm. you know, if this pick was two days ago, I would have actually, no, I don't care. Give me Shireman. Wow. Give me I like Shireman. that. Good shooting pick. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's pick. crazy. I think it's crazy. We're just letting Trey Alexander go, but um, Charles, let him, he let himself go. Unfortunately, he did let himself go. I also think it's crazy you didn't pick Tyson Walker on that back and forth. Yeah, Boswell over Walker is wild to me. Um, all right, I need a center. Uh, I got Braden Smith, Tristan Newton, Reed Shepard, Kashad Johnson. I love that as a group. I need a defensive first center. I got enough offense which means I'm in between two guys that probably would have been my first pick taken in the offseason, either Kalk or Donovan Klingon, or you could potentially throw Umar Balo in here. Um, I'm going to take Madi Sissoko. Yeah, give me Madi Sissoko, because uh, like Tom Izzo, I have what I need. They just got to play well. Gap counter. So you're do you want to make your real pick or uh yeah, if you're gonna force me to. I'll go I I mean I think I think Calc's the best player of that group. I'll take Calc. So now is it me? Yep. Yep. So who do I so I got RJ Davis, Rob Dillingham, Cam Spencer, PJ Hall. So I kind of need a four man man. Uh oh. I'll take the guy who's on a brand new team and Naquan Tomlin. Give me some athleticism. Oh. Give me some defense. Good pickup. Is he playing this weekend, by the way? I was I don't I think, think he's eligible. I think no. I think he gets eligible like after the break, maybe like in January. I don't understand how any of it works. So all right. All right. Rapid fire, read your teams back, and then let's uh let's each vote. You can't vote for your own team, so you gotta vote for one of the others. Carter, who's your team? Uh, my team is Kylan Boswell, Jacoby Walter, Baylor Shireman, Alex Caravan, and Zach Eady. A lot of shooting. I like that team. Yeah, Rob. I actually like that team a lot. Mine, um, Rob Dillingham, RJ Davis, Cam Spencer, Naquan Tomlin, PJ Hall. Okay. All right. My team is Braden Smith, Tristan Newton, Reed Shepard, Kashad Johnson, and Ryan Kalkbrenner. Uh, I vote Carter's team. Zach Eady with a bunch of shooting is an oddly fantastic draft. I can't believe you just drafted a good draft. Uh, Riley, who do you vote for? I also vote for Carter's. Damn. Damn. I should have just stuck with Mati Sissoko. Card, just for the record, who would you have picked between me and Riley's? Uh, I picked myself. My draft was that great. <laughs> no, right, I, pick, I, I would pick Greg's team. Mm, thank you. Mm, yeah, Those three guards on your team would get eaten alive. I feel like Riley. <laughs> We're not stopping anybody, but we have. I mean, Na- <laughs> but you got Naquan and PJ Hall locking up the interior. You got like, at least you have good. Uh, you got rim protection. Naquan can like roam a little bit, get some, block some shots. Like, we will get some stops. It's just if you put any of my three guards in ISO, you can shoot over them. You can probably block, blow by them. It's 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 a burden on the front court, but I don't know. Can I, can I wait quick one before we move on? Can I get who was who was like the sixth man on your team who got left off? Like for me, I was very much thinking about drafting Harrison Ingram to play either my three or my four. Uh, I would have picked Tyson Walker for sure. I can't believe Riley didn't pick Armando Baycott. That is kind well, of crazy. I already had PJ Hall. I got my center. So you're taking PJ Hall over Armando Baycott? 
I think PJ Hall is better. Yes. There's um, some ins- like just going team by team through this though. Like Armando Baycott is the UNC guy not taken, which is crazy. Uh, I think Arizona, like Umar Balo and Caleb Love aren't taken, but two other Arizona players are taken. Uh, there was another one. Was it UConn? Donovan Klingon's not taken, but three other UConn players. Like this was a weird draft, weird results. I like it though. I but I think we, it's because we th- we you know we had good basketball minds on here who think about fit, think about how our guys are going to work together. That's honestly why I didn't take Caleb Love. I mean, he and uh, honestly, I think this iteration of Caleb Love is great. I would love to have this iteration of Caleb Love on UNC, but we've seen that RJ Davis Caleb Love pairing flame out, so I didn't take him. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. No Mike, no Mike Woodson's on this on this board. We like fit. I think someone could draft a team of five players that we didn't select from these 16 teams that is better than all three of our teams. Like if someone took Wade Taylor, Trey Alexander, Harrison Ingram, Ray J. Dennis Donovan, and Donovan Klingon. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a really good team. <laughs> that team's sick. Uh, okay. What's topic number two, Riley? All right. This y'all haven't talked to Marquette and St. Thomas. Have you? Uh No. I wanted to hit on that game a little bit and also talk about exam breaks as a whole because we're we're getting some crazy results this week, like Northwestern Chicago State, like Hofstra hanging with Duke for a half. I just want to talk about exam like this this weird stretch of finals week. Like, what do you make of it? If you were a coach, what would your strategy be to approaching this week where your guys are in finals, you're not practicing as much, and you get a lot of sloppy basketball? To me, I would get all old guys who have basically graduated and don't have finals or have online finals that are 30 minutes, then you ain't got to worry about that. I think it's tough when you have other guys. But it's, 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 it's just a part of it. I don't know. For me, speaking personally, like when it was finals week, I enjoyed practice. I enjoyed games because I was sick of studying. Like I really look forward to it. I really enjoyed it. It was a great just like – hour or whatever to just get away from that final stuff so i don't really relate to the why is it so hard to play during finals week to me that it, it obviously it strikes some teams it's really taking a toll on some teams but me personally i don't understand it my read on finals week is this and i i spoke about it with the betting stuff that i do on a daily basis and uh by the way first winning like sweep day and like a hey. month and a half uh but it was entirely like i went three and oh yesterday entirely because I finally got the right read on finals week. I just bet on all the huge underdogs. My read on this is if you are in a game like Marquette against St. Thomas, if you're the better team, you are not preparing for this game whatsoever. You're preparing for finals. You're like half-assing this. You're like, oh, we're Marquette. We're going to coast. It's fine. Make sure you take care of your grades. Everybody get to the holiday. If you're St. Thomas, you're like, yeah, we got to prep for this, but also like we're pumped for this game. We get a chance to catch Marquette when they're asleep, when they're not ready. And I think that translates to a lot of these games. Um, uh, Like Wisconsin was another example of one last night. It ended up being a 15-point win, but that was like a tie game early in the second half. Um, so I, it, we saw it the night before, right? There were two games. I'm forgetting who the teams were, but it like teams were on the ropes, um, that just shouldn't have been. And it, to me, if I'm a coach, what I would try and do is like, this is seasons ahead. I would try and schedule a big game. If I'm a coach of a big program this week, like I think what UConn and Gonzaga are doing is the right approach. Cause there's no way you don't show up to mm-hmm. that game, even if it's finals week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say would be my approach. Like, 
all those games we just mentioned for tonight and tomorrow, that's the way to go. Cause like, even if you lose that game, it's not going to hurt you in the long run, really. It's not going to be a scar on your resume. Um, what I don't understand, like going back to this Marquette St. Thomas game is you're like, how do you not look at what just happened to Northwestern where they lost at home to Chicago state when they're ranked. And I, I don't really think Northwestern should be ranked. We've seen what happens when you rank Northwestern at this point in the season, it happens like every other year. Uh, you know, with respect to Budarius and Chase Adige last year, but like, why as a, is it is is it am I oversimplifying it to say like as a coach as a player you just have to look at what else happened this week to be like oh yeah we can't take these guys lightly because I mean Marquette had a two point lead with a minute left like they got a very favorable foul call on St Thomas I think uh, that led to Tyler Kolick being able to pull like ice the game at the line essentially. Right. The fact that, and, and I know St. Thomas can score like all summit league teams can, but it's they've been a D1 program for like three years. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the moral of the story is schedule tough games during finals week. Yes. I do like, think the St. Thomas one's a little interesting though, because like St. Thomas, I think, is actually a decent basketball team. They're not great by any means, but like they have a winning record this season. They haven't played entirely nobody's. Um, like the profile of this team coming into this game is they play super slow, they limit possessions, but they make their threes and they shoot a ton of threes. Like that, that just is a way to win a basketball game that maps well to being the underdog, right? Because if you played 20 less possessions than normal and this team's just hot from three, all of a sudden they're in a game late. But I, uh, like I watched the Northwestern game. I watched this Marquette game. I think Marquette actually played okay last night. Like they weren't great by any means, but the story of that game was much more like St. Thomas was up for the challenge. Whereas Northwestern was just like, nobody showed up except Boo Booey and they got bit by it. Mm -hmm. Brutal. Uh, okay. Final topic, Riley, what do you got? So we, we hit on this a little bit with the, with Tristan's uh, question about Kenny Payne. I just wanted to like, I wanted to make a comment on Jeff Goodman's report from the messenger that their AD is consulting the players on whether or not to make a move and just say, this is ridiculous. Like a move should have been made three weeks ago. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are you consulting your bad players about your bad coach? Is there anybody on this roster? You'd be sad if they left. Like, Oh, whoever. 100%. Sky. Yeah. I'd be sad. I mean, Sky, you probably, Sky's already transferred once. Like he's, he's locked in. Um, this new whatever new coach you bring is gonna overhaul the roster this year anyway. Like, what are we doing here? So I, I had to get that off my chest because I'm tired of like Louisville bringing this, bringing the ACC down, bringing our uh, our net ranking down as a conference. If you someone I saw a tweet like someone did the math that if you took Louisville out of the ACC, the conference's net ranking as a whole would move from fifth to third and would be barely behind the Big Ten in the net rankings. Ooh. What's yeah. it at right now with Louisville? I don't know. I didn't pay that close attention to the numbers. I just took away this point and I'm using it for my agenda. Okay. I, I, I love, love picking points and, you know, supporting with your agenda. I would have loved to be in those meetings too, by the way, just based off like, you know, you had the rumor about there being the altercation at practice with Kenny Payne, which by the way, Kenny Payne kept his job after that altercation and, you know, Juwan, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with him. But I think back to, yeah, if I had that opportunity my sophomore year, like the AD would have walked in, I would have literally grabbed the remote and I would have been like, well, if you, you know, I would have had the laser pointer, I would have had the PowerPoint. I'm like, if you look here, 
he yells at me every five. Like, I would have just let him have. There's no way out of 15 players that went into that room, I don't think one player vouched for him. I don't think one did. There's no way. Maybe. You, like, think, you, think, you think one or two did? I mean, if you're – I know you haven't always had the greatest player-coach relationships in your career, <laughs> Cart, but, like, it, like if you're a player who just likes the person that is Kenny Payne, are you really throwing him under the bus if the AD is like, should I fire this guy? Yeah, I, I guess I'm the wrong person to ask. There's a like there's the, al- the alternative is like like oh, if they bring a different coach in or you have an interim head coach the rest of the season, the season's tanked even worse than it is with Kenny Payne. Like no uh, no in season hire is going to swing this team around. So like what what's a player going to say in this spot? Yeah, true. I but there's no way that you can also as like this this having this type of season and like having Coach Payne be the coach is probably affecting their mental. So just getting away from Maybe. him might might but, just change it in general. But also, like, if I'm a starting shooting guard on Louisville and I know, like, oh, Kenny Payne, my coach, wants me to be the starting shooting guard, why would I advocate to get rid of the guy that wants to give me a starting job for a guy who would come in and clean house? Like, Because the backup shooting guards in the stands watching the game after he said he was going to transfer. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't care about the backup shooting guard if I'm the starting shooting guard. Um, Maybe there is still some loyalty there, but they don't play like it. I mean, like, you saw that, that Arkansas State game was like a layup line, dude. Those like Arkansas State has won three games and they're just taking it to the rim on every possession in your house in the Yum Center. You can't let the Yum Center like there's two there's less than three thousand people in the Yum Center, man. Like <laughs> where where I think Louisville went wrong here for the record, I think up until yesterday it was an entirely Kenny Payne issue. Like they could pin it all on him. He's the fall guy. He's obviously horrible at his job. When the athletic director actually went into the room and started asking players, now it's an institutional issue. Now Louisville yeah. basketball as a whole is like, what is going on? Everybody's horrendous. This needs to change. So it's not going to change. Even if they fire Kenny Payne in the middle of the season, it's not going to change. This team's not going to get better. You, you think any of the players flipped it on? I'm like, hey, bro, you're looking at Kenny Payne. This is your fault, too. This yeah. Is, you hired him. This is my brother. <laughs> this, was your, this, was, this was your man's. Should have. I think my takeaway from the last 12 months of college sports is there are a lot of complete idiots that work in administrations in athletic departments. Like, there, that's widespread at a lot of different programs right now. Some of the <laughs> biggest programs in the country. It's insane to me. Uh, okay. Right, final, final question before we do one big thing. Who's Louisville's coach next year? Redacted. <laughs> Do I know which redacted you're speaking of? Yeah, I have no idea which redacted you're speaking of. I think I do. The the it... southern the the southeastern one. Yeah, the one that get the one that can get you choked up when you think about him. Mm. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rick Pitino. Rick, oh, back to the motherland, huh? Rick Pitino. Wes Miller is my prediction. Mm. It, won't he be coaching UNC next year? We got our coach. Oh wow. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, we got a we got our coach from Riley? This might be the first ever. Wow. Wow, Huey. I love to see that. What That's a, a what huge a plus Friday. What an underdog story. We love to end on that note. Okay. Uh all right, let's get to one big thing presented by Big B Riley Davis bluffs himself. What's your one big thing? I want to give a shout out to some good Christmas treats. <laughs> Peppermint bark slaps 
Uh, Christmas ales, Christmas beers. Also, Slab had my first one of the holiday season yesterday. Uh, enjoy it. We got 10 days till Christmas. Indulge a little bit. And then get right for the new year. That's it. <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just picturing like Riley. You're like, you know what? I don't really have much to do tonight. I'm gonna let loose. I'm gonna have that second piece of peppermint bark. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna crack this Christmas ale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna that would be a good I'm, Friday I'm night. The pot is the roof, hey. and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell the world that my my coach is here to stay. <laughs> I feel like all things are good in Riley Davis land. Like he's a father now. His basketball team's good. Hubert Davis is here to stay. Peppermint bark is on the counter. Like mm. I just well said. It, it's a good. It's a good time of year, man. Let's go life to quote our our buddy Tristan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go life, Carl. What you got? Uh, my one big thing for today is a sentimental one. I think that we say stay low and build a lot on this podcast, but if you would have asked me a couple years ago if our YouTube channel would ever be where it's at today, I would say honestly, you're crazy. Um, and it started with hopping on Amazon and ordering a semi nice mic and a semi nice camera and a, a semi nice text to Greg saying, do we want to take this a little bit more seriously? Here we are million views plus Friday. I, I enjoyed every step of this. I know we record a lot of videos and we say this a lot, but like, I genuinely like recording the content and talking college basketball and everyone who comments interacts. I really appreciate it. And also, like, to my haters out there that got comfortable, <laughs> don't get too comfy. I'm coming. <laughs> my third grade teacher, Miss Singleton, you said I might have trouble working in a team environment. I'm a, I'm a major team player. Shout out, Miss Singleton. Uh, I love to see cards <laughs> like this. That's for sure. I, uh, I will take Carter's one big thing and use that as my one big thing as well. Uh, yeah, 1 million is crazy. Thank you to everybody who's helped us along the way. Um, we have a very, very long way to go still to where we want to get. But uh, in the last year, this has gone from like fun hobby to like fun hobby we're taking serious to like kind of part of my career to like right now looking this camera in the eye. This could be our careers like this. This could literally be what we do for a living. Uh, we are closer to that than we've ever been. And it's because we have these awesome people that support us, uh, everybody who has signed up and pays us in the Discord to support us, that goes directly to us. It's not lost on us. To those 90 people, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, you guys are awesome. To everybody who watches, comments, our videos, it means the world. We pay attention to that. And uh, yeah, we we truly, truly feel the support. And it's been awesome to go along this journey. And uh, we do have a very long way to go. We're not done. Stay low and building long long way to go where we want to take this thing so thank you to everybody and uh my second one big thing is that carter's green screen background is stupid like he he had he had all the effort this week with the tv it looked great there was the charm there's an element of like we're still in the mud to that and now he crosses the one million threshold and thinks he can use the generic zoom backgrounds by the way not even a good one that's just a pixelated concert picture like what the hell got into this kid it's a Creed concert. Oh, oh. nice. Well done. In, in honor of Buzz Friday, it's a Creed concert. It's a, and it's a celebration. And also, I did this because everyone in the YouTube comments was like, just do the green screen. You do it on Zoom, don't you? So, you know, obviously let me know what I should do. If I need to fire up the TV again and put on jazz, slow tune, monotone Christmas stuff, 
I'll do that, but I'm trying to, you know, cater to the people. Can you turn off the background quickly just so we can see what what the the real room looks like that you're in? I'm very curious. Yeah, one second here. I wonder what it is. I wonder if you can see. I'm not really sure what angle it's at right now. Maybe it's at what is it at? Oh, oh there we are. <laughs> there, there's the eagle. I'm back. <laughs> there it is. Uh, okay, this was fun, fellas. Thank you. Uh, we will have a bunch of recaps up this weekend for the entire Great Slate on Saturday. Many of them will include the two people on this call with me. That's Carter Elliott. That's Riley Davis. I'm Greg Waddell. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will be back next week.